This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. So we're starting a new series today uh, called Prayer Matters. And if you didn't guess, it's about how prayer matters. Good job. It's about how prayer matters. It's 2020, we're, we're looking to get started off on a bright, positive, light uh, uh, foot. So uh, they, they always team me up to do this to be really encouraging for you guys. So today, I want to talk to you guys about praying through struggles. Wow. It gets quiet. You want to talk about a struggle, I have an example of a struggle for you. So uh, my daughter, um, as a Christmas present... Uh, our grandparents on both sides, on Carmen's side and my side, uh, chipped in and bought Olivia a uh, three-day um, uh, theater camp in Chicago, the Chicago Children's Theater. If you didn't know, Chicago is kind of like a hot spot for uh, theater and performing arts and all that. And if you haven't met my daughter, Olivia, um, picture a cross between me and Carmen, take my beard away, curly hair, she's missing a couple teeth in front, it's that weird face, and the huge personality... Uh, we'll talk to anybody. She is a thespian if I ever seen one. And so she was elated to go to theater camp, right? And so we went. We're there for a few days. We're driving back last night. If you've never made the hike to or from Chicago, it's a little over four hours, right? There's a time change in there. It gets a little wonky. And so we're driving back. And if you didn't know this as well, because we have some new people uh, this morning, I have a, a new son, um, his name is Diego. We call him Diggy. And Diggy uh, is four months old in like three days, so he's almost four months. And he has been the best, and when I say this, I mean this, the best baby you can have. He's slept really well, eaten really well, no surprise there. Um, he listens really well. When I tell him to sit, he stays, right? Um, he's just, he's great. He's, he's a great baby, right? And um, so... I feel like last night on our drive home from Chicago, he wanted to repay the four months of being the best baby ever. He wanted to pack all of his vengeance for how well he's behaved into an hour and a half of drive time. From the Michigan border to Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, he, no exaggeration, screamed his head off nonstop for an hour and a half. I mean, in the kind of baby crying that's like, it gets under your skin. You don't want to be mad at it, but you're mad at it. You're like, all right, dude. Like, you know, like, he's just like, eh. Eh. And you're like, when he does those elongated breaths, you're like, he's done. No, he's not, right? It's a, it's a nightmare. And so um, he's screaming his head off for like an hour and a half. And, um, <laughs> and so we're looking at each other, and me and Carmen are going, okay, how long do we have before he blacks out? <laughs> if you're not a parent, this sounds like child abuse. If you are a parent, you're like, amen. Um, so I'm like, man, we, we got to, like, if he's on the threshold, we got to stop him just before he does blackout, right? And so we're driving, like, an hour and a half. We're looking at the clock. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull over at this gas station. Carmen, being, <laughs> being the prodigal person she is, she's like, um, five miles down the road, gas is three cents cheaper. Let's do two birds with one stone. Get the cheap gas and give him a break. So let's just let him cry for, like, ten more minutes, right? And so we finally pull off. We take Diggy out of his car seat. He is fuming 
angry, screaming, hyperventilating. Olivia's trying to sleep. She's crying because he's crying. It's a nightmare. And we finally, I'm like, man, this kid has got to be pooped. He's got to be peed. His diaper's got to weigh 15 pounds. He is fuming right now. Something's got to be wrong. Maybe he's sitting on something in his car seat we didn't see. We pull over. Carmen takes him out of his car seat. Soon as she brings him to the front, we sit down. We're talking to him. As soon as he gets in the front seat of the car, he's like, nah, nah. get in the front seat. He's like, <sighs> and he does that like crooked baby smile with no teeth. <laughs> and I'm not joking. I was holding him. And I was yelling. I was like, I'm so mad at you. But I was like laughing because he's so cute. You can't really be mad. But I was so angry that he had terrorized us for an hour and a half. Put him back in the, we let him like stretch his legs and, you know, do baby things for like 10 minutes. Put him back in the car seat. Falls asleep. Don't get it. It was a nightmare. Okay. So as you're thinking about struggle this morning, just remember that we all have deep spiritual struggles. Okay. Pray for us right now because we have a terrorist in a car seat, okay? So talking about struggle, this, that has nothing to do with anything. If you know me, I, I tell stories. So um, we're talking through struggle this morning. And so that could be, if you're a parent, you relate to that, right? That's kind of a staple to the human experience once you reach parenthood, right? Babies can't talk, they cry. That's what happens, right? We don't want to get mad because they're babies and they can't do anything about it, but if we're honest, we're like, right? And so um, that's kind of a staple to a human experience for, an, for a, a parent. But there's other things that I think everybody would relate to as far as being a human, right? I have, I have a few of them. Um, one of my first ones is um, burning your mouth on hot chocolate. Anybody ever done this? If you've done it, raise your hand. Wow. Look at We all have something in common. If you think you cannot relate to anybody in the room, talk to somebody about burning your mouth on hot chocolate. They feel you. Okay? Next, um, I really hope you guys raise your hand to this because if not, it's going to look bad. Um, <laughs> uh, having your foot or whole leg fall asleep on the toilet. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad y'all raised your hands because Carmen would be making me feel like I'm the only one that stay on the toilet that long. I'd be chilling in there. I'd, I've written whole messages there. I pull the hamper over and set the computer up on the hamper. Like, <laughs> you're like, okay, hands down, right? Um, okay. Um, another one, uh, another one. Um, laughing in a situation where you should not laugh in. Right? Like, <laughs> like and, and, and here's the thing. The weird part is, is that it's in those situations that you laugh the hardest. Right? There's always somebody, and I, I think Tony hates me for this because we'll be in situations, we find ourselves in these a lot, where we shouldn't be laughing, but I'll lock eyes with Tony or something, and we'll have to, like, subdue our laughter because somebody's being serious around us, and we're supposed to be serious, but we can't be serious, and the more serious you got to be, you want to laugh more. Yeah, like you guys know, like when you're in detention or when you were in high school, you're not in detention anymore, right? But like a situation like that, jury duty, uh, you know, something happened with your kids. Olivia will come to us all the time, and she'll be distraught about something. And Carmen's the worst with it. She'll laugh like right in front of Olivia. <laughs> and Carmen will be like, <laughs> okay. And Olivia's like, it's not funny. Heartbreaking. These are things that we all can relate to as human beings, right? They're staples to, like, the human experience. Uh, but those are all kind of surface-level things. There's things that if you go deeper, I think we all experience too. Uh, this might get awkward for you if you're in a relationship right now uh, and you've been in 
even one before, but when you've fallen in love for the first time. You guys know that feeling, right? Maybe? Hopefully, yeah. See, nobody put their hands up for that. (laughs) Yeah, it was with you, girl. I fell in love with you. Right? You know that feeling. Don't play. You know the song that you were like, girl, this one's for you, boo. (laughs) And then when you broke up, the next girl you got with, you dedicated the same song to her, and you're like, first time I heard this song, I thought of you. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. Right? Falling in love for the first time. Um, Experiencing overwhelming uh, uh, joy in something, right? Even if it's like uh, uh, watching us. Some of y'all are, 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 are <laughs> I was going to say silly, but it's not silly. If you like it, you like it, right? Like, oh, the sunrise, be still my heart, right? Like, you guys remember that was a thing? I, uh, I can't. Okay. Uh, experiencing joy in something. Some of y'all like dogs so much, y'all make Instagrams for your dogs, Not going to go there, but maybe dogs give you joy like that to that level where you want to make an Instagram for them. Even though we know your dog ain't posting pictures, you are. So, okay, think of how it looks to us, right? You experience joy in something that you just, like, can't contain, right? That's that's kind of a staple to human experience. Some people find that in roller coasters. Some people find it in music and art and theater and whatever it is, right? But... The one that I'm getting at this morning is one that's a little bit harder for us to confront and talk about. Uh, One thing I think if you're alive here now today, which is all of us, um, that you're familiar with is pain or struggle or loss or a hard time in general. Right? It doesn't matter if uh, you've had to be two months late on a car payment or you've had a tragedy hit the family where you lost somebody unexpectedly. A hard time has no doubt rocked you in some way, shape, or form in your life, and me too. Um, not too long ago, we got a call, not long ago at all. Some of you guys may have heard about this. Um, but we, the day before, or the day of Carmen's birthday, uh, which was December 6th, I remember. (laughs) You're making it worse. Okay. It's bad because when I said it, I was like, please be December 6th. I was waiting for her to go. Mm -mm. I'm in trouble later. We got a call on her birthday. We're, We're making, Carmen's out getting like her eyebrows done and her nails done and, you know, making it this, you know, birthday. It's birthday shenanigans. And, uh, I get a, I get a message from her that, uh, we had just, she had just got a call that her father, uh, who lives in Philadelphia, uh, was pronounced brain dead, and they needed to get in touch with the next of kin to find out what steps we wanted to take next on her birthday, right? And so we went from planning dinner, and do we go to dinner, and do we still, like, we <laughs> had it all planned out, man. I'm like, yo, we're going to go to this Cuban restaurant. We're going to eat Cuban food. We're going to eat Cuban desserts, right? And then we're going to do some Cuban dance moves, right? And then uh, it's just going to be sweet, right? Um, and then it's like, wait, do we still go to this? Do we still try to have fun? Do we still act joyful when this just rocked us? How do we proceed in this time, right? And, and, how we respond to that, we, we went, we had to load up the car, take the kids, drive down to Philly, um, you know, make this whole thing of it. We, we weren't prepared for that, obviously, financially. We weren't prepared for that time-wise. We weren't prepared for that to get kids babysitters. Or not. So we just had to pack up and go. And we had never dealt with this. So we're dealing with things like, you know, what, what to do 
you know, with the arrangements afterwards, what to do with the hospital, who's paying for what, who do we need to call, what do we need to sign, all these different things that were just flying at us. And, and what we don't really touch on right up front that I think is a layer to this in every situation is you don't understand how much your theology or your view of God plays into those real-life situations because the whole time we're questioning, why did this happen? How did this happen? Why now? Why him? Why us? What, what would have happened if somebody got there sooner? Why wasn't somebody closer? Why didn't the ambulance come faster? Why didn't, and, and we're starting to question all these things, and, and we're having deep theological conversations without understanding we are. She's grieving. I'm like, listen, God is doing this. God, and, and all of those things are coming to life, but, but the truth is until you're in the midst of that, you don't really know how to navigate that. And so preemptively, I, I'm going to assume, I hate to do this, unfortunately, but I'm going to assume that whether you've been in tragedy or not thus far, you will experience a hard time going forward. This is the human experience. For me, when I go through those times, it's hard for me to approach God openly, honest, honestly, lay it all out there. Because part of me feels like if, if I tell God too much of how I'm really feeling, it's disrespectful. I, I, can, I can be honest with you, God, but I got to word it a certain way so that way you're not like, hey, yo, 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 chill out, homie. Remember who you're talking to, right? Like that's how I, I'm like, yo, I can't, I can't talk to my mama like this. There's no way I could talk to Jesus like this, right? Like we ha I feel like I have to restrain myself. Either that or, or I feel like I'm responding to a situation in doubt or, or, or by rebelling from God, by feeling these mixed emotions, by feeling cheated, by feeling distant, by feeling like God didn't intervene the way he should. And, and I don't know if you guys feel like that too, but I think it's a common thing. For us as a society, we don't like talking about our vulnerabilities, our, our weaknesses, our problems, our pains. That's why we have a fake church culture that exists in the world. I'm not saying central because y'all are real. But in period, we do. It's all what you can tweet, what you can post, what you can take a picture of, who you can pose next to, what you're wearing, what you're, you know, all these different things. And we have this church culture that has to look like this. So when we encounter tragedy, loss, grief, suffering, pain, all these things, we don't know how to package that. So we don't. We bottle it and shelf it. But I don't think that's what God wants from us. I think God wants us to come to him. And I don't think God cares what kind of box you put, I think he wants you to unbox. I think he wants you to lay it all plainly out to him. I think he wants us to, to, to feel free, to speak freely, openly. You know, when I feel like it's an act of rebellion or doubtfulness, I feel, I feel like the Holy Spirit checked me when I was preparing this because we can feel like it's doubtfulness when we bring that to God, but really it's an act of faithfulness. When you don't run from God, even in your hurt or grief or pain or doubt or disbelief, but you run to God, think of that. You're still going in faith, telling God how you feel, believing that there's something on the other side. It's not an act of doubt. It's an act of faith. And I want to show you how I arrive at that in Scripture. Um, so all through Scripture, I'm just going to show you a few, but all through Scripture, you have people coming and laying these things boldly and plainly before God. So I don't know where we get this idea that we have to, like, hide it, contain it, mask it, smile. You know, like, you get people that's like, I, 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 I used to hear people say this all the time. You'd be like, how you doing? And they're like, 
I don't be like, how you doing? But, you know, we do. And, uh, hey, how are you? What's up? And they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm good. Just another, another day above ground, so I can't complain. Optimism. I love it. I love it, right? I'm not dead, so we good. Yes, and like, what? Like, that's morbid, dude. You know, like, that, that's, that, what? That you're obviously saying there's something really going on there, but you don't want to say what's going on there. Like, how about we just call a spade a spade and talk about it? And I think in Scripture we see people doing that with God being forthright, fort, forthright not fortnight. Forthright, I almost did one of the dances. Lord, help me focus. Being forthright with their emotions to God. I want to show you this. Uh, Psalms 130, verses 1 through 2. If you want to highlight these, you get bonus points in heaven, but if not, they're on the screen. Um, Psalms 130, I say Psalms because I'm from the street, but it's Psalm 130, I'm not from the street. Verses 1 and 2. (laughs) I'm not. I'm from Colorado Springs. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Out of, out, this is, this is David speaking, the psalmist. Uh, out of the depths I cry to you. He was talking to God. Listen to this. Out of the depths, my innermost being, I cry out to you, Lord. Hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. You can hear like the, the faith and the doubt coexisting here because He's still crying out, God, I'm crying out to you. But then there's a little bit of that gray area in there because he's like, and while I'm crying out, please hear me. Like, I'm I'm calling to you. I need your help. Will you listen? There's there's a little bit of that coexisting in there. In in, uh, Psalm 22, verses 1 and 2, again, he is crying out to God, and he says this. Check out the honesty here. If you're ever afraid to be real with God, be real with God. He says, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. I cry out by night, and I find no rest. Uh, Let's put that in layman's terms. God, I'm trying to get a hold of you, but you're not answering. God, I'm trying to talk to you, but you don't talk back. I'm trying to to get some peace here, some resolve here. I'm trying to come to you with this, but I feel like you're not opening the door. I feel like you're leaving me on red here. Like, there's not, I'm trying to interact with you, but there's no exchange. God, where are you? That's pretty, pretty plain. I come to you by day and night. I'm trying all the time to reach you, and I get nothing back. Where are you? Why have you forgotten me? That's real. I I don't know how many times I felt like I could come to God like that. How many times in life do we feel like we're given like the the, the second rate? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why did they get the, Why are they doing that? They, they got to do that. They're making that much money they could go on that vacation. Wait a minute. You're saying that, that they can live like that and they still got to, and I don't get. Like we, we do all this like weird like negotiating in our brains with how things are supposed to be balanced and, and work. And if we're honest, we, we can kind of feel like that sometimes. At least I can, right? And, and David right here is like, yo, God, you've legit forgotten me. You don't hear me? 
I'm talking to you. And you don't talk back. Where are you? That's bold. That's scary. That's uncomfortable. But that's what David did over and over. And, and not just him. If, if you, you think that's only relegated to one or two passages, there's actually an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations. This isn't like a popular book to preach from because it's very sad. It's called Lamentations. It's like lament. A lament is, I heard somebody say, when you're in physical pain, it's called pain. When you're in spiritual pain, it's called lament. When you are in your soul, you're broken, you're aching, you're tired, it's a lament. There's an entire book in the Bible all about this. The, uh, God's people had been overtaken by the Babylonians. And so it's thought to be Jeremiah, the, the prophet, that wrote this in response to that. Like they had just been overtaken, people are shipped away, sent away, forced to work, all these bad conditions. And he wrote an entire book that we have in the Bible called Lamentations where it's just heartbreaking, sorrow, grieving, painful words. Being honest about where we are, what we hope for, how we feel like there's no hope. There's an entire book in the Bible about that. You can see that it's entirely human, acceptable, real, okay, welcomed, invited by God to be open with those feelings. If you feel like you can't go to God with it, who are you going to go to? God says, bring it to me. Be honest with me. Let's deal with this. Don't mask this. I already know. Why not tell me? Let's get to the bottom of this. It's not, it's not rebellion. It's not bad. It's not, it doesn't push you farther from me. As a matter of fact, it brings you closer. If you're a parent or a child, which you fall into one of those, you could understand this by looking at it in that dynamic. If Olivia is going through something, it drives me nuts if she won't tell me. She'll be crying and I'll be like, what is it? They don't want to talk about what is it? You can tell. You can tell me. Just tell me. I know there's something wrong. Just a, a parent's heart, a father's heart wants to know you're aching so we can work through this. God is saying, don't keep this from me. Don't hide this. Let me work through it with you. You can see the doubt and faith working together in uh, this passage in Mark. Uh, so the setup here is that there's a, a little boy who for years had been possessed by a demon. <laughs> Some of y'all children act like they're possessed by demons, but this one really was, right? Me too, don't worry. This, this kid really was, for, for years, possessed by a demon. It says that when like, people would try to address the kid or approach the kid with, Often he would fall to the ground, convulse, foam at the mouth. I mean, the whole night. Picture trying to have a loving relationship with your little boy for years, and they are possessed literally by a demon. This is, this is rough. So this guy approaches Jesus, and here's the interaction. Mark 9, 21 through 24. It says, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? The father said, from childhood. It's often thrown him into fire or into water to try to kill him. Struggle. <laughs> You're possessed by a demon that lives inside you and is trying to kill you. Struggle. And he says this to Jesus. But if, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus says, if you can. If you can. 
Check this out. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Anything's possible if, if you believe. And the guy goes, I, I do, I do. It, immediately he responded, I do believe. And if there's any part of me that doesn't believe, help me in that area. Help me to believe that you can do this. Jesus, I, I'm at a loss. If you can do anything, please do anything. And Jesus goes, anything is possible to one who believes. Okay, okay, then in that case, I do believe. And if I don't, like, you know, so help me. Help me believe. How, how different would our interaction with our struggles be if we came to God and we said, God, I just, I don't know. I really don't know where I'm at with this. I don't know how I feel about you. I, I don't know if I can really see what you're doing here. I don't get it. I don't know really what's going on. So help me believe. Help me see. Change my perspective. Do something. See, it's not the doubt that's the, he said, if you can. If indicates there's or implies that there's a chance of if not. There's doubt there, but there's also faith there. And Jesus says, as long as there's faith, anything is possible. So what I want to say to you this morning is simple. I think that the answer to praying through hard times, right, prayer matters, and it might matter the most to some of us in those hard times. And in those hard times, instead of, using those trials, instead of using those struggles as a wedge to drive us further from God, why don't we lean in instead of leaning out? Why don't we capitalize on that and say, man, there is a purpose for this pain. There is something here. I want to suggest uh, my four steps proven to work. Four steps to praying Really anything, but in this case, through your hard times. Four steps. If you want to write this down, you can. I would. <laughs> I don't make people write much, so when I do, you know, it's... <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> First step to praying through your struggle. Invocation. Invocation. If you don't know what that is... It's starting off your prayer, inviting God into your situation by acknowledging that you need his help. One of the biggest problems for me, if I'm honest, when, with anything, uh, but, but even with praying, is going to God in a way that's like, A-O, I'm too weak for this. A lot of times I can go to God and be like, hey, I'm doing this, so I need you to like help me. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of strong. I need a little steroid to, to top it off, and then I can really do it. But I rarely go to God Totally submitted, going, I can't do this unless you do this for me, through me, with me. And, 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 and I think that the key to a lot of prayer, not just through struggle, but especially through struggle, is starting off by saying, God, this is obviously a struggle because I can't do it. I'm starting off this by inviting you into this situation to do what only you can do. Invocation. The second one, maybe the most powerful for you, is Lament. Lament. We talked about what lament is, right? It's a deep sorrow, hurt, brokenness. One of the most powerful things you can do, I think, in prayer, especially in this way, is being 
So open, 100% transparent, honest about your grief, your struggle, your sorrow, laying it all out there. Um, a few years ago, the week before Olivia was born, um, Carmen's aunt, similar situation. She's at school. She's a substitute teacher. She's writing on the chalkboard. Collapses. Cardiac arrest, stroke, something. Collapses. By the time they get to her, get her to the hospital, resuscitate her, she's brain dead. So they call us. We drive over. It's like an hour and a half away. We drive over. We called some of our friends. We get there. And we all surround the, the hospital bed. She's hooked up to breathing tubes and all this stuff. And we're like, yo, let's, let's lay hands on her. Let's pray. Let's pray that God would do a miracle here. He could do it. So we all lay hands on her. We pray. And, I mean, we're looking for anything. We're looking for a finger twitch. We're looking for an eye to open. And we're looking for, we're looking for any reason to rejoice right now. And we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray, nothing. We pray, we pray, we pray, nothing. She ultimately is pronounced dead. And I'll never forget driving back. I didn't do it out loud. I wasn't that comfortable with it. But if I'm honest, in my mind, the silent drive, an hour and a half home, in my mind, I was letting God have it. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. So wait, wait, wait. You're telling me that you still heal, right? Who do you heal for? Not us. You only heal people on big stages for big crowds? You only heal people that what? Believe enough? That give their, have we not? We're, we're in ministry. We're trying to give our life to letting people know about you. And you can't heal one of ours? Where are you? What, what, what? Did we need more people with more faith? Did we not even get a mustard seed worth of faith to move a mountain? Did we, what did, what are, why didn't it work? The whole way home, I'm thinking this. God, where? What are you, what are you talking? What is, what is scripture talking about? Greater things than this you'll do. You can raise the dead. You can, you can cast out demons. We, five of us, six of us, couldn't even pray a woman out of a coma. What are you talking about? I just gave it all to God. And in that, over the course of days, weeks, I feel like God showed me something. That he probably wouldn't have showed me if I didn't lay all, that, lay all that out there. You expect so much from me. You expect this. You expect me to move like, and when I don't, what? All of a sudden, I'm not God. All of a sudden, I'm not real. Uh, you've seen me do all these other things, but I didn't do one. Th- I didn't jump when you said jump, and all of a sudden, I'm not him. And, and God started to shape me differently, grow me differently, Mature me in an area that I wouldn't have been matured in if I just let those feelings take over, harden my heart, and then push them to the back. I needed to lament openly and let God have it so God could go, okay, now let's address that. Lament. Let God address those things. Petition. Make a request for action. Look, God, show me. Use me. Help me. Guide me. Direct me. Teach me. Heal me, heal us, heal them. Ask, make a petition, ask God to act. But here's the thing, don't, don't get too nailed down to what you think he's going to do because he's not confined to that. His ways are infinitely higher than yours and mine. Ask him to do something and look for him to do something. But don't look for him to do what you tell him to. Fourth thing, hope. If you read through these things that David says, 
When, when David gets to, God, where are you? God, I cry out day and night. God, I, I don't see you. God, I don't feel you. God, I don't hear you. At the end of most of these passages, David uh, ends it off by saying, although I don't see you, although I don't feel you, although I don't hear from you, still I believe you're my refuge. Still you're the source of my strength. Still I will trust in your name. Still, you are a strong tower. Still, you are mighty to save. Sometimes, especially in struggle, our heart forgets things. Our our, our emotions start to take over and it erases some of the things that we know so clearly about who God is. And we've seen a million times, but in a new situation, we tend to forget Sometimes when you go through this, the hope part is just reminding your heart, which your head already knows, God, I can't believe this is happening. I thought you were going to heal him. But even if you don't, help me to believe that you're still good. Help me to know that you're still for me. Romans 8.28 says, um, God works all things to the good of those who love him. All things to the good. Even if it doesn't seem good, God has a plan in the end to improve something, to change something, to help something, to grow something. The hope part is reminding yourself that God is still for you, that God is still with you, that God is still there, God is still present, God is still active. Invocation, invite God in. Lament, tell him for real how you feel. Petition, ask him to do something. And then hope, remind yourself that God is still in your corner, that God is still for you, that God is still God, that God might not be nailed down to what you or I think, but he's still going to do something. And he knows best. So as we close, I want to challenge you to do something. Between this week and next week, I want to challenge you. Take an inventory of where you are right now in your personal life, your physical life, your family life, your workplace. Just look, run the gamut. And if you are experienced, it doesn't matter, like I said, if it's your internet's turned off because you didn't have the 40 bucks to pay it and you're struggling to, maybe that's the struggle for you or maybe you're experiencing grief and loss and hurt that you didn't expect on a deep level. Whatever it is, evaluate it. And I challenge you, don't run from God. Don't hide it from God. Don't fake it to people. Take it to God. Lament. Be real. Invite him in. Tell him that you need him. Tell him how you really feel, even if it's against him. That's the caveat. Even if it's against him in the book of Job, there's this whole interaction between Job and God and, uh, and the devil's challenging Job. And you can read it. There's a bunch of there. But, but Job is somebody who believes in God and he has his family taken away, his possessions taken away, his belongings taken away. He is reduced to nothing. And at the end, he starts to get into that place where he's like, God, I'm, I'm a loyal one. I don't deserve this. Somebody else who doesn't believe in you deserves this. I don't. I've always been faithful. Why are you doing this to me, God? Me? Me? 
And God comes back and he goes, hey, listen, you don't know my purposes. When you can tell me how the stars got hung up in the sky, then you can challenge me. Then you can question me. But until then, why don't you just trust in me? And Job responds a way that I pray I will learn to respond more and more. Job responds and he says, God, though you slay me, though you let this come against me, though you let this beat me up, God, though you slay me, I will trust in you. I will lean on you. I won't run. I'll keep being faithful. I'll keep knowing that you're the strong tower. I'll keep trusting even when it's hard to trust. Even when my heart tells me, (laughs) my mind's telling me no. God, I'm going to keep going after you. Bad timing on that. Sorry. God, I'm going to keep going after you because I know something on a deeper level that my emotions won't change. I pray that this week, these months, in five years when this comes against you, that some part of this you'll remember. That God is not far from you. I've seen it in my own life. I've I've had to come against those struggles. We just had them. All this was just made real to us. One thing I can tell you is this. God is up to something. Lean in. Don't lean out. Bringing God your struggle is not an act of doubtfulness. It's an act of faithfulness. And I pray that you would come to God in boldness and in faith and let him carry you through your struggle this morning. Let me pray for you. Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.